Welcome to the Top Gear magazine podcast. A peek behind the curtain of what it's really like to drive other people's cars for you. These are the stories behind the story. Hello everyone and welcome to the Top Gear magazine podcast. We've got a bit of a different one for you today. We're not in a studio, we're actually out and about on the prowl. We've um, been let loose with some equipment and two microphones. And we've got uh, Rowan and I wandering around the Los Angeles Motor Show. Yeah, we're quite far from home. We're on the other side of the world for this one. Uh, I've just walked under a uh, statue of Shaquille O'Neal hanging from a basketball hoop because we're in the LA Convention Center, which is next to the Staples Center in downtown Los Angeles. Mm -hmm. And this is, well, used to be one of the bigger motor shows of the year, but motor shows are changing quite a lot. It was always the one you'd fight people for an invite to because it's uh, the weather's quite nice in LA, always a good place to come to to grab other stories while you're in while you're in town as well. Well, we've been doing that, haven't we? We've been out yeah. and about in the desert somewhere else. Yes, we've been driving around in a, a Hummer EV in the desert, ma- massive 1,300 mile road trip. Um, we'll, we'll tell you all about that in another pod as well. I've been driving the 911 Carrera T yesterday, which is an interesting, it's sort of my first GT3, little baby GT3 that you can actually buy. Very interesting car. But yeah, Porsche are the ones with some actual news here, because. In all honesty, we've just walked in and we don't know what's in the show, which is going to be a bit of an explorative tour for all of us, you and I, as we walk yeah. around. So the plan is that we just walk around and um, say what we see, basically. Yeah. So I'm, I'm, I'm glad I didn't introduce it as the Porsche Motor Show, because to be honest, we know that there's a 911 Dakar here. We saw it last night. Um, other than that, there's a new Prius. I've seen it on topgear.com. There's definitely a new Prius. Um, but what are they going to fill the rest of the halls with? Well, let's find. We're, walk, we're straight into Porsche where you can probably hear the noise and excitement um, grow somewhat and pass the brand new GT3 RS and a look at that. I think that's a Bahama Yellow 911 Turbo S Cabriolet. I know that there's a lot of the Porsche community who like their paint to sample codes. Mm. That is a Turbo S spec to $345,000. Woo! And That's here a we lot are. of money. Right. So, the action. Yeah, we have the original 911 Carrera 3.2 uh, Dakar 953 car here, which actually fired up yesterday. Um, have a look on our, uh, have a look on my Instagram actually, because I uploaded that video. It sounds absolutely insane, so raw. This thing. Yeah. So that's the the, the 1989 Dakar winner, which is you know for the younger audiences. 911s haven't just always been road cars. They have gone off-road and competed, and Porsche have decided to have another go. So we've got the new 992, and, well, looking at it now, we've got a standard colour code. I don't even know what one this is. It's kind of I'm, a bit I'm like... I'm convinced this is something crayon. out of the Farron Bull colour chart, because I think my skirting boards are painted this colour. So there's two 911 Dakars in front of us. Uh, the one that we're talking about and standing next to now has painted this rather lovely kind of light, kind of green colour. Greeny grey. It's yeah. a bit of you, isn't it, right? Yeah, I do really, really like it. And then next to it is the one with the, the specialist paint option, £18,000. It's called the Heritage Rally paint job. Basically, if you've looked at the Rothmans livery, they've had another crack at that. And um, because you're not allowed to advertise cigarettes anymore, you're not allowed to write Rothmans down the side. So what have they written, Jack? 
Well, it's political correctness gone mad, Rowan, isn't it? They've written Rough Roads, which, if you squint a little bit and stand back, does look a bit like Rothmans. It's in the but right font, but, you know, if they're really, really kind of try and modernise everything, surely it should be like a vaping make or something <laughs> that everyone's good, doing rather than cigarettes? Yeah, because we haven't figured out how bad vapes are for us yet. Well, um, a popcorn lung, apparently. <laughs> you popcorn get lung, I've heard about anyway, that. Anyway, let's talk about the car then. Okay. So it's uh, based on the 992, and it's a bit of a mishmash of everything, they're going to make 250 of them for 220 grand each, I think it is. Yeah, we should say um, that we've done a walk around film of this. You can go on YouTube, and Ollie Q's done the full tour of this car. You can go on topgear.com, see the pictures, read about it. Um, but let's tell you what we can see in front of us. Because when Ollie Q, sorry to hang you out to dry, Ollie, but when you first saw it, you were a little bit downbeat. You thought they could have gone further with it. It was like, uh, you know, a little bit too reserved. I'll be honest. I think this looks incredible. It looks so much better. I believe when he walked in the office, he said it's basically a 911 Audi Allroad. And it's, <laughs> it wrong. is a jacked up 911. So I think, was it 50 mil taller? 50 mil taller, but then there's like an extreme off-road mode that gives you another 30 mil. So you can have uh, 80 mil um, full suspension uh, height, which is quite a lot actually, but then you're limited to, I think, 100 kilometer an hour top speed. And the car itself is limited to 149 because it's got these special Pirelli, Pirelli Scorpion off-road tyres on it, which look bad. They look like they're made out of Lego. It does look like a bit of a, you know, a, yeah, a, a toy car's tyres because mm. it's got a very pronounced um, tread pattern to it, which mm. looks quite tough. But apparently this thing will d destroy dunes and yeah. any other gravel surface that you decide to go to. But you did say about those tyres. They're limited, the top speed to that, to 149 miles an hour, which makes this, makes this the slowest 911 since the 60s, which Porsche don't really want us to say, but uh, that well, is a fact. Everything's more powerful and faster these days. I like that. That's cool yeah. to be the slowest 911. You take that. But it's um, got but the um, engine from the GTS in it, hasn't it? Yeah, yeah. So 470-odd brake horsepower. It's got the bonnet from a, a GT3 on the front. They're only making 2,500 of these. So we asked the 911 boss yesterday, uh, that's not very many. Surely the demand's going to be higher for this. And um, uh, he says, yeah, but, you know, they, they, they're going to keep it as a limited model. There's no plans to kind of roll this out as a kind of an option pack or something for the standard 911. So, boo-hoo. But, but also, limited 911s, <laughs> I don't think they're going to struggle to sell them. Exactly. You and could see in his face, he's like, well, the order, bo order book's open tomorrow. We don't know how well it's going to sell. It's like... You're going to be all right, mate. We've seen the YouTube comments on our video already. Yeah. Everyone is absolutely loving it. Everyone and knows the, the, the Top Gear YouTube comments is the barometer for everything in the car industry. Exactly, exactly, yeah. yeah. So the roof rack, there's an optional roof rack, which yeah. they have put through the um, uh, Stuttgart wind tunnel, which was, I think, the worst aero score that they've ever had, because on top of it, there are a few petrol cans I'm not sure if I can give them the kind of colloquial name for those given the German manufacturer but then there's also some sand ladders and a waterproof bag on top but I think you put anything in there and it's powered so yeah I do I tell you what I like this is very uh, you've got the spotlights integrated into the front of the roof rack which look really cool someone switched those on yesterday and we were standing in front of it and I've been seeing stars ever since but the way it plugs into the car is um, there's like a sort of little fin on the roof, which isn't the aerial for the radio. It's like a little plug you put the thing in. So surely you could have proper power up here. You could have your fridge. Beer fridge. Beer, Beer fridge. fridge. Beer well, fridge you know, you've gone, you've gone for a long drive from Paris to Dakar in this mm. thing. Oh. And you're like, oh, I would love... Thirsty work, sandy mouth. Yes, exactly. But the, the thing is, you said, oh, this car, it can bash dunes. It can drive across the desert. It can... Yes, it can do all that. And hopefully... 
fairly soon we'll get a chance to experience that. But really, how good would that be as an everyday 911? It's the, it's the 911, you don't have to worry about curbing. You yeah. literally just bump it up just everything. bump it up everything, it's going to be comfortable. I think a bit like the Aerial Nomad. So, um, yeah, it's not supposed to be a track-focused car, but when you get that on track, because it moves around so much and slides about, it's arguably the, you know, the funnest atom that you can get, I think. That, hooning around on a track, on a road, on sand, anywhere, that's just going to be hilarious. But I'm, just, I'm interested to see what the suspension is like. Because it's, it's a bit mad to see you know, a modern 911 having soft suspension or a raised ride height. So yeah. will it wobble everywhere? We'll have to wait and see. But I think wibble, we're driving... Yeah, like jelly on a plate, mate. <laughs> so then, um, so yeah, I think we're driving at the beginning of next year. But we've just left Porsche to go into the main exhibition hall. And this is where well, we're one going... Of, one of two main exhibition halls. But it's the land of the unknown, because we don't know what's here. So um, be patient with uh, us, readers. This now... Right, to the left of us we have a load of Ram pickup trucks that are climbing up and down one of those kind of temporary um, corrugated steel uh, structures they do to show you how good they are off-road. Now normally these are out in the car park because all the halls are crammed with manufacturers' stands, but this year we're told <laughs> well, they needed to fill a little bit of space so they brought the outside in. I'm a bit surprised, yeah, because it looks like there's a giant roller coaster that they've put in and there are, as Jack says, different uh, Durangos and TRXs and I think Ford have done the same because I see a Bronco logo but yeah oh and Jeep over there so basically yes it's the indoor um, off-road theme park but we're walking past um, if you can hear the noise of the jungle um, Subaru <laughs> as they've decided to build uh, build a forest um, they basically turned their stand into the rainforest cafe exactly they? exactly but yeah, do they have to take it down does that is that class as deforestation i don't know if that's <laughs> good for know. their green hopefully they can reuse this next year there's just a mass of fake plants here actually are they fake let's have a little feel that's a good fern there De fake fern definitely fake is that fake but anyway, there are lots of roof tents, skis, lifestyle accoutrements on the stand, but also the new Impreza. Yeah, I'll be honest, Subaru baffles me these days. Everyone keeps telling us they are still huge in America. They're a big player in America. And it's true, you do see quite a lot of them out on the road. But I've really lost track of, of Subaru and their model range. They're claiming it's a new 2024 Subaru Impreza. It's still 2022. Well, from here, it's a yeah, 2024 model. More hatchbacky than we remember. Slightly uglier, but yeah. like you say, they'll probably sell them. Um, right, and dead in front of us, this is a car that I'm quite excited about. Haven't seen in person the new Braptor. Yes, yeah, so we've sort of sidled over to the Ford stand now, which is quite sprawling. A lot of F-150 Lightnings, big Super Duty trucks, more roof tents, more kayaks. But we're making a beeline for the Braptor. Um, look at the arches on this. Too much? Thick boy, no, I love it. <laughs> Thick boy. <laughs> I absolutely love it. So this is, the, the Bronco is a difficult one to get around because there's so many different spec options and packs, Sasquatch pack, which uh, we had to go in, etc. No, we didn't have a go in No, because we, yeah, because we borrowed one in the UK and went and did this amazing off-road um, test in Wales, but we had a kind of a rubbish spec, so it didn't do fantastically, the Bronco, but... You can take it to, to such extreme. I think this one would have done better This would, on the Strata I don't Florida. Th yeah, I don't think it would fit down the Welsh um, lanes because it, I don't know, it looks about two foot wider, but it yeah. does have um, the three litre EcoBoost uh, turbo engine, but 400 horsepower. From, from the Ford GT, you have to uh, always say that after you mention the three litre EcoBoost. But can I just bring you back to the uh, back of it to look at the suspension? Let's have a look. Because we have some dedicated Fox shots and they are in fantastic 
anodized, it, like orangey gold. They seem to be color coded with the bodywork, actually, which is a nice little motor show yeah. touch. I think it's 37 inches of travel, which is enough. Well, 37 inches is plenty for anyone, isn't well, it? Well, I don't know. Some people, some people like them big, Jack. Um, yeah. And this is Tom Wookie Ford, if you're listening. I mean, they've got a Bronco here. It's just a wild track Bronco, but fully kitted out with the rack and the roof tent and the off-road tires and everything. There's so many of these kind of uh, SEMA-style vehicles at motor shows, obviously to get our attention and get us all excited. But what happens to them after the motor show? Do they dismantle them and put them back on the dealer forecourt? Who knows? Know. But again, so now we're going past the, 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 the Bronco road coaster where lots of people are going in a Bronco with no roof, no doors, so we can hear them scream or watch them fall out as they crash. Meanwhile, there's an F-150 Lightning doing a 0-60 run behind <laughs> that. So this looks like a health and safety nightmare live. And then behind that is a family camping. So, um, and a bear. There is a bear in a um, There's a live bear. Everyone evacuate the hall, there's a live bear. Um, so, right, we're walking. Uh, I told you the Ford stand was big. We're still walking on it now. We're walking past Ooh, the merch. New Mustang. I can see the new Mustang. The 2024. I they thought you were getting excited about the hoodies there. No. Oh, no. that is a nice key ring, though. Um, no, so the 2024 Mustang. They love a model year here, don't they? <laughs> Do you know what? Should we, just, should we just get it over, call it the 2026 Mustang, and then you buy yourself a couple of years? Well, seventh generation. Um, what do we think of this then? So it looks like a Mustang. We can definitely see that. It's more yeah. Anglia. Ang Angula. Ang Go with Anglia. Anglia. I like, like it. Like a Ford Anglia. Yeah. yeah. Um, uh, and then beside the, the, the standard one, we have the Dark Horse. Yes. We love um, a Dark Horse here at Top Gear, don't we? Yeah, also Rowan's nickname. Um, but uh, no, so the idea behind this one, I mean, this Mustang, uh, very exciting, especially in America when a new Mustang comes along. But this is very much a kind of a heavy update of the last car. There's no big changes to the chassis, the, you know, you can still get the five litre V8. And this Dark Horse version is basically the track one. So you can get a, a manual gearbox, 500 horsepower, downforce, trick It's got suspension. a bespoke six speed manual to it as well. Oh, but yeah, we it's got the GT500 bits to it. I think um, it looks better. I think it looks better than the last car. They've, they've sort of sharpened it up a bit. They've got the chisel out and just sort of taken the taken the edges off. It's got some very, very sticky Pirelli tyres on it as well, so yeah. Do you know, we, we've got some fin unfinished business with that car, right? Why is that? Do you remember, this is before my time, but uh, I think you were heavily involved in it, driving around all 50 states. Yeah, I was part of that trip, yeah, yeah. That was the, a road trip and a half uh, to it, because, yeah. Uh, yeah, we didn't quite complete it. We um, ticked 49 off. <laughs> um, and what's, what's the state that's missing? Hawaii, we missed the boat. We're not good with our timing. So, yeah, if we have to go back to um, take that off. I, th I do believe that the car is still in storage somewhere in America with all the bugs and Cheetos packets and everything in it. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. We, the we smell of that thing after you did 49 states in it. It, it, didn't, stop, it didn't stop moving for 11 days. It didn't stop <laughs> solidly. Um, we had a few teams come in and out to do all the different states, but uh, we basically lived in that car. And we have arrived at the future. The uh, Dodge Charger Daytona SRT concept, basically America's electric muscle car. Well, muscle car. Yeah, so Dodge has had a crack at, um, you know, it's going to happen eventually, ditching the V8 altogether and uh, going electric. I think this looks fantastic. It's like it's a proper four-seater. Um, the, the styling's really, really good, but it's all about the names of the bits of technology they put in this. Dodge is so good. You know. Americans are so good. Any, any, any car 
cars themselves or the car tech. No, the but Dodge's naming department, whoever is the head of the naming department, yeah. needs a pay rise because we've got the Demon, we've got the Hellcat, and then on this concept, what have we got? The R-Wing, that's not too impressive, but that that's is basically like an aero bad, bridge. Yeah, aero it's an bridge. aero bridge that's on the nose of the car, so as, as, the, um, as the air comes through what would be a grill on a petrol car, but it's just a gap on this one. It pushes the front of the car Think down. Ferrari Pista. If you've seen that, oh. the base of the aero bridge there, it's basically a giant widescreen version of that. But mm -hmm. to the names. Go on, try pronouncing that. That's the, the Fraztonic chambered exhaust, because this is an electric car without an exhaust, but it will simulate the noise of a V8. And apparently they're very proud of the fact that it's as loud as an SRT Hellcat. Yeah, which isn't really the point of electric cars, but I'm on board with that because... Um, <laughs> it's a very American, it's very route one. It's like, well, you know, we're going to do an American, uh, an American electric muscle car. What do we need? Noise. Great. Speakers. Whack up the volume. Done. ACDC no. also glued the CD glued into the, the tray to always play. How about and this? now the Erupt, the multi-speed transmission with an electromechanical shifting experience that's pure dodge. Again, what people are struggling with uh, with electric cars is giving that kind of analog experience and there's a mechanicalness to it. Dodge is just kind of <laughs> they're just, having they're a just crack and putting all those things in it and having another go. Yeah, and then there was one oh oh the um, there's no, no no word on power. With this yet yeah. i mean you can assume it's going to be very very quick has to be quicker than a um uh what's the what's the drag the demon that it has to be quicker than the demon because yeah. it needs to be progress all they say is it's a new 800 volt which means it can charge very quickly banshee propulsion system banshee propulsion system banshee my favorite car banshee. In, in grand theft also which was basically the dodge viper but yes that's um and it's also got a full width light bar uh, to the front because every car now needs a, a full width light bar but uh, it's a good looking thing it's a so very good looking it's thing it's fair to say you're a little bit skeptical about electric cars probably are you embracing them less than I am Rose that fair yeah well, I, well am I a Luddite I'm not sure but I do like a big engine and um, mechanical componentry yeah. because of the sensation and uh, feeling that they give and I feel that is lacking somewhat in EVs I'm probably not the only one to think that and I'm not massively impressed by 0 to 60 times yeah. uh, for the sake of them uh, I like cars that also can go around corners and make you feel good so um, we'll something like that does that tickle your pickle? I do like it, a wide American uh, muscle car that, yeah. is up, that is up there and um, considering we've just been driving the Hummer EV for the last four days mm. that is a very American um, way just, of executing just an EV essentially Keep adding batteries until the numbers you hit the numbers that you like, which How are normally far? big numbers in America. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, yeah. Okay, uh, so I think we're about done in this hall, aren't we? Um, oh wait, oh, hold on a sec. Outside, there is a zinger. Remember oh, the zinger? you drove the zinger. Hi, hey, how's it going? Um, I did drive the zinger. Yes, uh, it was one of the worst days of my life, uh, and I tell you why because we flew all the way over to drive a, a prototype of this. It's called the Zinger 21C. Now it's a hypercar, it's a one plus one hypercar. So the two people um, sit, uh, the driver Jet fighter style. Jet if you've seen style. Maverick that's and Goose, that's how it works. Um, and the idea is it's a, it's a hybrid. It's got um, over a thousand horsepower. It's very, very light. It's very fast, but it's a, a, a large number of the components are 3D printed. So that's Zinger's big thing that they can 3D print um, components for the car. But the car just wasn't ready. We were there to shoot a big video, we were there to shoot a big feature, and it did not work. I'm not joking. My first experience of driving that car was um, we trailered it to the top of a hill, and then they pushed me off the edge, and I rolled down the hill to get a tracking shot with the engine off. But then it did, it did, it did 
set the Laguna Seca lap time after, isn't it? It, it is did. a fast thing. It's a fast thing. It's a fast thing. It's also I've got the biggest doors I've ever seen in my life. Yeah, They're about yeah. 12 foot tall. Yeah, and um, next to it, because this whole display is, um, what does it say? 100 years of innovation. 100 years of innovation. So on the left here, we have a 1915 Detroit electric. Uh, and this is just bonkers. Look at the spec of this. So an electric car from 107 years ago, uh, 10 horsepower. Uh, top speed, 20 miles an hour. But look at the range. 80 miles. That's a Honda E, basically. Yeah, yeah, it's nearly a Honda E. And, well, how fast does um, how fast a new Citroen Ami go? I think it's 29. Or 24, something. Something 20s like that. I mean, why has it taken us 100 years to get to where we are now? That was nearly there back then. But this also, it looks like an octopus that's lost its legs. It's got a big glass house. There's one, two, there's nine pieces of glass to be smashed in. And uh, white wheels with... Uh, red uh, red alloys, so that looks like it's been to the Porsche's um, to uh, configurator. Yeah. Anyway, so we're moving out of one hall and down to the other, past three-wheeled, what are they? Uh, Stuffed crust pizza machines. That's your next long-term row. And then <laughs> there's a wall of EVs that we don't have any badges or names on them because that's the future. We're in California well, after all where anyone can design and make an EV. Let's scoot past these because there's a, basically a massive long corridor that takes us to the other hall and you really don't want to listen to us sweating and breathing heavily um, as, we, as, as we get to that hall. So let's, let's uh, say goodbye and then you can join us again when we get to the next hall. See you on the other side. Right, Whew. that was a bit of a walk, wasn't it? Ooh, I got a sweat on. Well, <laughs> from Exhibition Hall to Exhibition Hall B, yeah. um, in the middle there is the Galpin Autos mini midi hall thing, which is always a bit of a feast because they have some weird and wonderful things in there. We did, we poked our nose in earlier. There's a, a, a what was it, an Aston Martin Vantage? No, um, a Virage shooting. A Virage shooting break, that was good. A selection of safaris. There's um, a slant nose 911, which just, if you looked at it, is an image of cocaine abuse, basically. There was a Polestar one with a kind of hippie... Fever dream yeah. kind of paint yeah. scheme. But uh, there's also, as we're walking to the next tour, an electric Myers Manx. Yeah, looks good, actually. Looks good fun. Because, you know, for something like this, that no one's going to do big miles in it, are they? They're going to drive down to the beach and mess about. Well, it's the original Californian buggy. And, you know, yeah. if you want to whiz around, you need that torque. Um, it will get you there. Oh, what have we got here? We have... Oh, we're walking through the food hall now. Oh, look, slice of pizza. Yeah, double pepperoni, sir. Love it. Fancy? Stuffed crust. We've been eating so healthily the last few days, right? What do you fancy for lunch? You know, just... I don't know. My cholesterol is starting to beep, <laughs> basically. It's just begging I, for mercy. I thought, I'd go, um, I thought I'd go healthy for breakfast today and have an omelette. And then it appeared and it was five eggs and just slathered in cheese. And I was like, oh, no, here we go again. My poor, poor little heart. Yeah, it will be all right. Anyway, the virus. <laughs> Remember that thing? No, not the pandemic. It's not. <laughs> oh, sorry, I ruined a little. No, there. no, no. It's fine. It's the Chevrolet. Chevrolet Impala. Oh, Chevrolet. Chevrolet. It's the Chevrolet Impala. Um, it's a Lolo, and I do like my low riders. We are on the west coast, mm. and this, um, by the way, is just parked up, kind of innocuously next to the uh, escalators in this kind of foyer area. It is mental. When when um, Americans really go for it with the uh, with the modifications they really go for it don't they right yeah well that's someone who doesn't understand about lowriders talking about lowriders there but yeah that is basically a perfect example of uh, an early chevrolet um uh, impala convertible which is in a 
beautiful kind of amethysty purple with all the chrome accoutrements, hydraulics, small probably 13-inch wire wheels, um, and also your your dedication of who you're serving in the lowrider community on the back. But uh, we must go on because there is a new Prius to see. Yes. Into the new hall we go. You What's can hear that air conditioning. From a from a from an Impala lowrider to the new Prius. This is the this is the breadth of Top Gear, ladies and gentlemen. So look, new Prius. Um, if you haven't seen it, go and, go and check it out on topgear.com. But the big news is, it's not ugly anymore. It's really sharp. It's the first time I've seen it. It looks very Japanese, doesn't it? It's, um, it does. It's obviously had many, many, many hours in the wind tunnel because the first Prius was it was done purely for its... Um, uh, I don't actually know what the, the, the aero figure on it was, but this must be lower no, or higher. You'd need Oli Q for a, for a specific CD figure we need off to the top sat, of his head. sat phone the Stato. But this is... Uh, so I was reading, it's 50 mil lower, and straight away you can see that. There's basically, if you draw a line from the top of the, the sort of apex of the roof... It goes straight down, all the way, windscreen, bonnet, right down to the front of the car. It looks cool. But it's got a kind of slippery sharpness to it with a bit of futuristic... You know, what they're doing with headlights nowadays and how they use LEDs to stay legal but have a very minimalist uh, footprint is good. But a lot of a shorter cut-off hatch. Obviously, lots of people are going to draw... Um, uh, uh, similarities to where Uber drivers are going to be purchasing these. Mm. Is the mod is the Prius still the modern Uber? I'm not sure. Uh, Kia I mean, Nero's. Kia, Kia Nero EVs, a lot of those. But yeah, so that's the big news. You, you, you nearly alluded to it there, Ro. It's not coming to the UK, this car. So um, just as the Prius becomes interesting, it's a plug-in hybrid, by the way, 60 miles of EV-only range. Just as the Prius becomes not ugly, uh, they're not going to sell it in the UK. And the reason is that back when you know the Prius was one of the best-selling cars in the country, um, uh, it, it was kind of the only uh, affordable, efficient hybrid. But now they've put hybrid powertrains in everything. You know, any, any Toyota you like, um, Corollas and Yaris Crosses and stuff, you can get a hybrid powertrain. But the game's gone to EV anyway since then. But also, yes. it's got a very kind of like Honda CRX rear to it. It does that little sort of late 80s, sort of early small 90s, chopped up, back, chopped off rear end. Interesting. Could, yeah. five, could, should we give that five star? If that was an Uber rating, what should we give that car? 4.9. 4.9? That's high. I don't know if you can give a point. I'll, I'll give oh, it five I haven't stars. seen the condition of the interior, you see. Yeah. It might be covered in vomit. Yeah, and he needs, he, you need a USB. You need a USB charger, a lead <laughs> to get you home after a night out. Oh, look, this is where all the Toyota GR86s are. Um, yeah, that, that, that teeny allocation they gave us in the UK, and there's what? One, two three of them parked up here on the uh, LA Motor Show. So yeah, just to, just to give uh, you listeners a bit of perspective here. So these exhibition halls are huge. If you've ever been to kind of XL London or the NEC or something, that's what we have to play in here. But there are barely any manufacturers. So they all they've done is just flooded them <laughs> with any car with their badge on and just thrown them on the floor. They're and spread um, out. So, so, you've, yeah, so we're standing in the middle of Toyota, right? So over here we've got all sorts of... Camrys and Corollas that there's kind of American cars we don't and some NASCARs and the some super, NASCARs the Supra NASCAR I like that yeah and then over here a bunch of GR86s over there some six wheeled look like SEMA creations but, w but w when they were running out of space they're like oh my god the footprint we, we need bigger than the GR86 let's bring in the six wheeled Tundras yeah. oh, and Hiluxes that'll take up the space of two cars excellent um, here's a car we don't get the GR Corolla now, yes, this is a car that I'm uh, 
envious of the mm. Americans for having because we loved the GR Yaris. The exhausts on that. I know. It's, so it's got a central exhaust and then two wider flanking ones at either end of the diffuser, which looks bizarre. But then next to that is a GR Corolla Rally concept, which has then basically quadrupled the size of these exhausts. So mm. it looks even more That looks bizarre. excellent. We need to find out more about what they're actually planning to do with that rally. GR Corolla rally concept. But no, but the GR, you know, hot hatches aren't typical American fodder, but apparently that one, I haven't driven one, but the people who have, on if you can read about the review on topgear.com, says an absolute riot to drive, and with cars getting bigger and bigger, the footprint of that on Canyon Roads in America, if you are into driving, that's where you do it apparently, um, is sensational. Is so just, just, as, just as Europe seems to be slightly going off the hot hatch, they're... they're um, a bit more a few and far between these days. America's cottoning on. Who would have thought it? We're going to be, we're going to be in pickup trucks now, next. What on earth is going on here, Roy? There's some curling and <laughs> some wheelchair basketball. Some wheelchair basketball. There's a man jumping up to test his bounce. spring. Bounce. Bounce? No, you bounce if you fall on the floor. Isn't there spring if you spring up? No, there's, there's, there's a channel I follow called House of Bounce, and it's just people jumping up, seeing how high they can... Go. And there's also some someone skiing on a treadmill. I don't know what so universe we've fallen into. Toyota are sponsoring the Olympics, so they're going big on uh, something. Also, sport. This is That's <laughs> what the Olympic sport. does, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> I tell you what. Should we come back and have a little go at curling later? That looks fun. Well, yes. And there's lots of mobility solutions because it has a big arm of uh, Toyota that we don't actually see much of within Europe, but in Japan. It's huge, so we've got some electric scooters. Very nifty looking mobility scooter and an, a very exciting looking wheelchair, all electrically powered. Ah. The future's exciting. Look, I want to go and look at that over there. Across, across the hall is Toyota's contemporary, uh, Nissan. Nissan. Um, Nissan. Nissan. We have to get our colloquial uh, naming right. Let's and call it Nissan when no one's listening, but then but if an American's nearby, we'll switch to well, Nissan. Well, we're straight into another problem, Jack, because this is the Z or the Z, because oh. there is the Z car. It's endless, isn't it? The problems here. So I, I'm going to go with Z because we're British, um, but this is the first time I've seen it. So, um, you know, I suppose part of a hangover for the pandemic is uh, we haven't been traveling as much. You know, this is a, this is a car that doesn't come uh, to Europe. The Nissan Z. Obviously, Tom Ford came over to America, uh, drove this car in Vegas, did a great story where he sort of tracked the new Las Vegas F1 street circuit in it. Um, but uh, I think it looks rather good. It's bigger than I thought it was going to be. I actually saw this car five years ago, secretly. Stop it. In Japan. Really? And I was held under a, um, a very heavy and hefty NDA. Oh, I um, didn't know where you are going with that. And I, um, hefty... It wasn't a sumo wrestler who was like, <laughs> weighing me down. Sit on him for five years. But uh, I was a bit disappointed because it, at that time it was just the, um, you know, you heard that it had basically the Infinity V6 in it with the manual gearbox and a silhouette quite similar to an F-Type. When they were meant to reinvent the Z for their 50th anniversary a few years ago, missed it. And then this came along. But actually, because of the way the world's going and then we're being forced into EVs and legislation, to have a 400 horsepower, two-seat manual gearbox V6 is actually quite a luxury nowadays. So exactly. um, It was a bit like the GR86. You know, they waited so long to up, uh, up, update the GT86 that it kind of comes along. It's a bit late. The emissions aren't great for legislation. But in this new electric era it's kind of a rare and exciting thing isn't it oh i see what you've seen well so yeah we're, we're just leaving and going past another japanese manufacturer honda yeah. so honda civic type r um chris harris has just driven that Do you like, it? You like the way it looks 
I, I actually prefer the older generation. I like the Larry one. I like it when there was a it's lot the, going on and it's a, you didn't know whether it was a boy racer's car or not. That one you did. This one's a bit plainer. It has amazing seats, like all type R's. The red comfort buckets um, are incredible. Yeah. So, um, little stubby metal gear lever, love that. Um, I, I, come on, it looks better. It's less offensive. Uh, there is a, now we're in Volkswagen land now, a Jetta GLI. GLI, that's not a nom, nomenclature that we get <laughs> within. Good, woo, well done, you got your mouth around it eventually. Uh, in the UK. I think that's just a fast, I think that's a Golf GTI I think in it, a Jetta body. Yeah, exactly. Manual gearbox, front wheel drive, a lot of fun. ID Buzz, so the... Uh, so we, interestingly, we, this is... Uh, so the, this isn't the commercial van version. This is the passenger versions, which are sort of 5C MPVs. They're not actually getting these in, in the US. So they're having to wait for the long wheelbase version. Um, but what's exciting about that is when they do the long wheelbase version, they're also going to bring us the California camper. But they're obviously just getting Americans juiced up on the idea of a retro electric ID Buzz MPV. Um, it's an exciting car. I want one quite badly, Rowan. Why the do they bus. need the long wheelbase? They've got longer lengths, all the basketball players. Is that why they need to wait for the long wheelbase version? I don't know. They're just, big, just bigger, aren't they? Americans bigger. Everything has to be They bigger. are bigger. There's a few big people here. Oy. I look quite small. Although, um, although Fiat was over there trying to pump the 500E and saying they're going to send all their stock to America. So In the press conference, they also said an interesting thing. We don't have to be here. We're coming because we want to be. Well, that's not good business. <laughs> if the people are going to buy it, bring it, bring bring your goods and wares to to people. Um, and the 500e is a car that actually works in LA because of its diddiness. Uh, and we're on to Genesis. Genesis. We are on to the Genesis stand. It's it's coming thick and fast, people. Keep up if you can. Keep yeah. up. Right. So Genesis, uh, as you'll know, is the kind of posh arm of uh, Hyundai. They won't but like you saying about that. No, they will absolutely hate that, but sorry, uh, that's that's what it is. So, there's various um, things that... I actually think Genesis looks quite good. They've obviously got some serious design talent in the whole Hyundai Well, it's group. Luke Donkerfort, so he's, yeah. you know, a man with a great M CV, but also... Man knows how to draw. <laughs> man good with crayon, yeah. <laughs> good with crayon. But also, because we've got the Genesis Expedium Coupe. Yeah, so we saw that a while ago. That is very cool, though. It's like a sort of shooting break, um, fastback kind of thing. And it's part of a series of concepts. So that's called the Genesis X. Let's nip round the back, see if we so can that, sneak So that's in. the coupe version. But then, if you see Genesis, they're big on the two-line design. So that's uh, you'll see these parallel lines everywhere, oh. which... You know, it's just very satisfying to look at, and they've got big grills, big wide grills to them. But now we have a drop-top version. Yeah, so the Genesis X Cabriolet, I think it's called. That is a good-looking car. Come on, Ryan. That is very Californian. Talk so to me. It is in bright, um, you know, LA dentist white, <laughs> um, white teeth, veneer white. And it's actually in crane white. Crane. The, the name of the paint color is crane white because cranes are. Uh, special animals in uh, in Korean culture. Yeah. Oh, I thought you were on about the things on building sites. Oh, you mean construction cranes? cranes yes. Maybe that as well, I don't know. You can get those in white as well. Yeah. But anyway, this is, um, if anyone saw that Maybach convertible concept at Pebble... Was it called the Maybach Vision 6, six or something? Yeah. It's basically Genesis having a crack at that, but it does look like quite a luxurious uh, car. It's got you know lines from the front headlight all the way to the rear, which drags your eye. And it's a lengthy beast, this thing. Four seat, full, full seater. Ooh, uh, lengthy beast. It's got, it's a proper four seater. Look, I reckon 
even you with your lanky legs could fit in the back of that. And it's a folding hardtop convertible, although where on earth the roof actually goes. I haven't seen the roof at all. Well, no, I mean, it's got to fit in that rear deck, hasn't it? But there doesn't seem to be enough of it. It needs to be about 12 foot long. Maybe it folds up into sort of like origami into like 12 different pieces. Oh. Oh. Don't they do origami cranes? You know, the paper, paper cranes. Oh. Anyway, uh, and... Uh, well, that's a good... Well, no, it is, uh, I'm looking at it deeper. It's a good looking thing. And I then there's that, a G90, that... which isn't <laughs> quite so um, sophisticated in its design. A bit slab-sided. Yeah. Um, again, harsh creases in it and... What size wheels are they? They must be 20 million yeah. inches big. Look up the G. Look up the G90. Um, very long. Looks like a sort of a, a, an S-class competitor. But I have to say that use, the way that Genesis have used a concept car there, I'm under no illusion that they're about to build a folding hardtop four-seat convertible. But to just teach people that what their brand's about, that they're capable of making cool cars, and then to try and sell them a slightly bland-looking SUV kind of works but people get Genesis here you know they've only just launched it two years ago in Europe Genesis has been around for quite a long time and you do see them on the roads here in the UK it's quite um, it's quite a hard brand to articulate yeah. and get to the general public well the problem is you've got to buy one you've got to overlook a BMW a uh, an Audi a Mercedes a Volvo all these cars you've got to you've got to cross off your list before you arrive at I'm gonna get a Genesis so it's an uphill struggle Right, we're at the Ameri an American Motor Show. We haven't talked about much about American cars, but we are on the Corvette stand now. Yes, and tucked away in the corner in highlighted yellow is the new Z06. I'm going to go Z06 here because it's an American car, so it's, it's only polite to use their incorrect pronunciation. Yeah, bright highlighted yellow with carbon wheels and a carbon wing on the back. This is the faster version of the... Um, Z07 with the Z07 yes the Z07 with the Z06 package is that correct? Uh, yeah, that sounds about right. It's quite confusing. Anyway, but it's all about the engine, isn't it? This. Flat plane crank V8, mm. and it sounds more like a Ferrari than Ferraris do nowadays. That they're all turbocharged. Yeah. It is pretty wild. I think we did we did a static shoot with this a while back when you you were in LA last time, and uh, the headline was has Corvette just out Ferrari'd Ferrari because how much does this thing cost? Roughly. Some money. Some money. Some money. The exchange rate is a bit tricky to work out currently because, um, but I don't know. Is it? Is it hundred thousand dollars? I think it's hundred. Is it hundred thousand dollars? Yeah. I don't know. We should have a crib sheet, shouldn't well, we? Take a. Take, uh, how much is a Ferrari two nine six GTB or an F eight Tributo? Formally, cut it in half at least. At least, especially at least. if you don't put the stripes and wheels on it, on a two nine six, which costs something like eighteen twenty thousand pounds anyway, um, which will probably get you a lot of performance in Chevrolet terms. Yeah. And that, that exchange rate you mentioned earlier, Road, it's like 0.84 pounds to the dollar? Everything's expensive here, that's what we've worked as out. You, as you discovered in the in the mall the other day. Yes. When you were trying to buy a, uh, some a pair clothes. of jeans. Some clothes. Yeah, and, the, and you walked out much poorer than you thought you were going to be. But we do have here oh, that's good. the first ever all-electric Silverado pickups. Yeah. Big business in the US. Big business. I mean, they're coming from all angles, aren't they, electric pickups? I mean, it's pretty obvious. Electric cars are, uh, uh, you know, are on the rise and pickup trucks sell in vast numbers over here. So no wonder we've got the Chevy Silverado, we've got the Rivian R1T, we've got the Hummer, that's a pickup. Um, what other stuff? Ford F-150 Lightning, there's a Ram that uh, we've seen recently. So And it's also, you've got to kind of, you know, pick who you back and you kind of stay mm. in with a life with your brand it's kind of gang warfare so so when, when we walked past this earlier you went oh that's smart 
It is smart. It is smart. It is a good-looking thing, but also it's got a 400-mile range, which you need in America because it's a very big place. I mean, how big is the battery going to be on that? Look, look, look at the aerodynamics of that. It's like driving, uh, you know, a pub through the air at uh, with 754 horsepower. It has 0-60 in under four and a half seconds. And eight, nearly 800 pound-foot of torque. Yeah. Because they like to tow here. This is the same platform, actually, as the, as the Hummer. I think it's called the Ultimium or Ultimum. I've definitely got that wrong. Write in the comments. Tell me, tell me what the new platform is actually called, which means if it's got the same size battery as the Hummer, that'll be 205 kilowatt hours, which is a lot of lithium-ion. But I was speaking to some... Um some locals and the uh, uh, the rise of electric pickup they had to get it right because in middle america if you make a lot of money you you don't go and buy an s-class you don't go and buy a g-wagon or you know a seven series etc to show that you're in a prestige car you'll buy an f-150 but you will buy the most expensive highest spec one possible mm. and in america they like consumption yeah. and they like to buy the latest newest thing and the electric ones are the latest newest things everyone because there's a lot of land and space in America, can genuinely charge, if you're out of New York and other big cities, off street. So the EVs kind of work here. And, you know, the rise of the F-150 and the Hummer and then that Silverado, expect to see them to sell, I would say. So yeah. if they have got it right. Um, but we, we have also seen quite a few Rivians on the road. And yeah. Ionic 5s. Ionic 5s are... Every, in fact, look, here's the Hyundai stand. So let's go over here. Hyundai... Yeah, Ionic 5s. Every time we stopped... Um, on this road trip we did in the Hummer uh, at these uh, Electrify uh, America stations, crawling with Ionic 5s. I don't know whether they've just had a big shipment in or, um, you know, but they're selling really, really well. And this car in front of us is the kind of um, the streamliner kind of sister act to the Ionic 5. It's called the Ionic 6. Six. See it's what they six. did there? It, I did. They, they learned to count. They learned to count, which <laughs> is a tiff, tough, tiff thing. It's a tough thing to do. But also... So it's talking. Yeah, very. With jet lag and tiredness <laughs> and uh, bad cholesterol numbers to go off. It's hard. But it, I, we were quite dismissive of the design of this initially. It come is on, very come fussy. Come on, don't sugarcoat it. We, we first saw the pictures of high, uh, the Ionic 6. They came into the office and we were shocked shocked at how we thought it was ugly we were like what on earth have they done especially coming off the back of the ionic 5 which is such you know universally regarded as a fantastic futuristic piece of design but the thing about hyundai is they don't want to do russian dolls they keep talking about like yeah it's a family of cars but they all have really distinct looks and personalities and this one has gone for the big sloping streamliner double deck spoiler double it's the back end isn't it that's too fussy because you sort of, so the, the roof slopes right down and then the glass kind of tails off into an initial spoiler and then there's another bit of boot and then another spoiler and then you get the tail lights. It's like they designed it twice. And the diffuser has been made to look like it's a motorsport diffuser, but it isn't. It's wide, it's got slats on it. But, I, but come on, let's be nice. Well, let's go around the front and be nice. Well, pixelation. That is, where, <laughs> well, that is what Sangyup Lee Hyundai's designer yeah, likes yeah. to do. So there's pixelation in all lighting everywhere. And I have a worry that it's actually going to age quite badly. Mm. Might do. Yes. Um, but, you know, on the other side, there is actually tangible benefits to this. So making a car look slippery means it is slippery. So this will do 380-odd miles on a charge, whereas an Ionic 5 does 300, 300 and a bit. So, um, 
you know, you, you, are you able to swallow the, the challenging piece of design to get another 80 miles of range? Well, my, my gob's open and I'm, I can swallow anything because we've just seen the N74 concept. And this is design. This is proper design, isn't it? I know we've seen it a lot, but they're wheeling this one around for, for the right reasons because... Sorry, keep, I think on, it's, keep on talking. I'm just having a little bit of a moment here. Yeah, but I think it's one of the best-looking cars, the you know, concept cars we've seen in a long time, where I've had friends who aren't into cars come up to me and ask, what the hell is that? Yeah. So what the hell is that, Jack Riggs? This thing, well, so this is the... Um yeah, the Vision N74. It's basically a riff on the original Pony Coupe uh, concept that Hyundai built back in the day, designed by Giugiaro. Um And a lot of cues from that car, never made it into production, went into the DeLorean. So this is Sangyup Lee picking it up again and then taking that car into the future, into this kind of cyberpunk future. And then he's put in um, the powertrain. It's a hydrogen fuel cell. Um, I can't remember how much power it's got. Enough Quite to drift around everywhere, yeah. 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 yeah, 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 and it actually works. So Ollie Q had a go in this uh, on track and was um, sliding it about and having a right old time with it. So it is, um, actually, I was saying um, that the Genesis concept was, was the way to do it. I, I've changed my mind. This is how you do it. Yeah, I want one of those now. <laughs> it's part of yeah, Hyundai's rolling labs where they kind of use technology to bring it down. And considering that the uh, the success that Hyundai is having, I wouldn't be surprised of them rolling it out pretty soon. You can roll that lab out whenever you like. And then we're back into the world of slightly boring um, <laughs> SUVs that we don't get in Europe, so I'm a bit lost. Yeah, of although what they are. The, the Hyundai Santa Cruz over there, which is a kind of really small, compact pickup truck, I don't know why they don't sell that in Europe. We like smallish cars. We like carrying things around. I think that'd sell well. Santa um, Cruz, please. And I think that's pretty much. Are we done? We've done this motor show. We've done this all. Now, as Rowan said earlier, there are there is a floor downstairs with various tuna cars. And no one goes there though. No, no one knows no about one it. It's my there. secret grotto of. It's just you know, tumbleweed blowing through it, isn't it? No, but that and about thirty-five inch wheels everywhere <laughs> and pickup trucks that you need to be a giant to get into. Yeah. Um, but as for actual news, pretty thin on the ground. Um, the motor show, is it something that's going to stick around? Has well, the pandemic killed it? Has well, I was at the Paris it? Motor Show a few months ago, and that was dire. Uh, to be fair, this was better than Paris. There, there's more support here for manufacturers than Paris. In Paris, Citroën didn't even turn up, and none of the German manufacturers are there. It was propped up, really, by, um, by Peugeot. So... Yeah, I think as a format, it's definitely on its last legs, isn't it? Because you, if you've got a car to launch, why not have your own event? Why not do it digitally? Why not? Um, the pandemic sort of taught manufacturers to do things in all sorts of weird and wonderful ways. They probably wouldn't have, because it's easier to just do the traditional thing, isn't it? But, um, yeah, still, fun, fun morning, walking around, seeing some metal. Yeah, some American metal, but I think it's time for a, an American burger, <laughs> don't you? Yes, I haven't had my burger quota today. I, I had two yesterday, so I, I hit it. But um, Yeah, we've just got to get the most Americana in as we can before we fly home and um, resume normal proceedings. Oh, back to, back to porridge and stale bread and No, in not that. I'm talking about other bits of cars in the, in the Top Gear magazine podcast. So I think we should wrap it there. Um, thanks for listening. I'm sorry if it was a bit rambly and you heard some American voices and some music and some presentations going on behind, but we hope you've had a bit of a taster of the LA Motor Show. See you soon. Goodbye. 
Thank you for listening to the Top Gear Magazine podcast. Hope you enjoyed that. And don't forget to subscribe, to leave us a review, to leave us a star rating. But also check out what is in the rest of the feed because as well as interviews, we've got our monthly uh, behind the curtain look into the issues that we make. And also there's some new audio tidbits coming. So like Jack says, subscribe. 